Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. And that's when he fisted me. Doesn't matter if it's still there. <laughs> I'm gonna. Here's the. I'm gonna keep it in. <laughs> Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 4, Episode 14, titled Reunion. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one congenial co-host, as evidenced by how you just behave right now. From the podcast, Pod is my key Pod is my co-pilot. Please, apologize to me, Taylor, the latte boy. <laughs> Hello. Does that mean I'm the Latrice Royale of this season? You know, I think what you've convinced me of is we need to have Taffy watch every episode because that's when you come to life. Because <laughs> before it's like, I'm sad. I'm sad. How many more episodes is this season? Yeah. I know, it's like an indentured servant. And then you're Taylor, Taffy's here and all of a sudden <laughs> you're back to life. No, it's, you'll you're, be uh, swell. You'll yeah. be great. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, who's this person? <laughs> I think you're excited for your cruise. I am. I am. I leave. I leave for. Uh, I leave for a cruise this time next week. I will be in the Caribbean. Oh, really? Or and I will be at the very least. I'll be in the uh, the jet stream, the international jet. St- Is that what it's and called? It, I don't know what you're talking about, but it's it's you and all your co-hosts, right? It's it's, it's yes, Dan. It's Taffy. They're partners. It's gonna be a big- yes all of fun right we are going on the disney wish Mm -hmm. um which is the new ship last week they announced another new ship but that's not going to be until 2024 but all of us were all a twitter a pitter patter if it was about the new ship yeah now i know there are because the wish launched what like june july somewhere around there right july it was supposed to launch in march and then covid so they pushed they pushed it back to july so there are a bunch of YouTube videos about people who've been on there. Now, I know, like, for instance, you don't want to know anything about Disneyland. Is it the same thing with The Wish? Have you been avoiding? Yes. Oh, so you know yes. nothing. Which is, which is very hard to do with one T.C. Huffington, my co-host, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she wants to talk about it every possible so second. She knows, so she knows everything that's going oh, on. Oh, she is part of the Facebook groups. She is part of the – if she was on Reddit, she would be in the Reddit groups the subreddits mm-hmm. she yeah. is very much of the where she knows every inch of this ship before having ever been on it mm-hmm. hmm. but you don't That's, you want to be surprised i want i want to go i mean i know the general like themes of the restaurants and i know that there is a star wars bar and but as far as the layout is completely different from the other four ships that we've been on and there's a lot of things that are very different about it mm-hmm. so i am just i just want to go in just with wonder and amazement in my eyes do you know that i've never been on a cruise ever ever well, where would the big port be for you what would be the closest big port well they have them here but all they do is the ones that i know of only really do these three-day Mexican Riviera things. So okay. they leave out of, like, I think it's Long Beach or San Pedro. I can't remember which one. I think it's San Pedro. And they'll go okay. down to, like, Baja, California, and then they come right back up or something like that. I think they can do a seven-day Mexican Riviera, too. But that's it. Now, I know for all, okay. like, Alaska, they go out of Seattle, right? And, Seattle uh, or Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. 
And, uh, yeah, but I've never done one of these, uh, cruises. And I would, I, I you know, cruises get a bad rap, especially over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But it is, it is like sort of all contained where you don't necessarily have to work. Well, that's not true. We do spend a ton of money on the ships, but it's not like you're paying for hotels and then food and then all the entertainment and everything separately, especially the way Disney does it. It's all you pay one slightly high price and then mm-hmm. pretty much it's anything you want on the ship with the exception of, um, alcohol and souvenirs. But I don't really drink, so like for you, it's kind of cheap, right? Because you're not a big drinker. Actually, uh, is, is Babalu much of a drinker? No, no. So, if it, he he will get maybe one or two drinks. He's a big coffee guy, though. Oh, they and charge they you for the coffee coffees. drinks. Well, okay. If you just get just a cup of coffee, mm-hmm. they don't charge anything. That's mm-hmm. just kind of part of everything. Mm-hmm. However, if you want the mocha fudge cocoa tutti frutti. You know, espresso teeny or whatever, mm-hmm. they're definitely going to charge you for that. What about like a Coke Zero? No, free, oh. free. They have they they have fountain drinks that they have things up on the top level where all of like the where you can go and get pizza or burgers stuff like that that are just fountain drinks and you go and you get a cup as much as you want, which apparently is very different than on like Carnival and other cruises where they charge for that. Oh, really? But this is this is part of everything that is. Um, Included in a Disney cruise. I was actually at Disneyland this past weekend for gay days. Mm-hmm. Which actually, I was really mad at the faggots, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> they have these amazing special, uh, you know, seasonal uh, specials right now for the food. And mm-hmm. there was this one place that's serving this pumpkin spice funnel cake that I've had and is chef's kiss. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I was telling my brother about it this week, and my brother, in a very, you know, fierce, brotherly ally support, he and his family showed up in all the red shirts and everything like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, you That's, try that, that really makes me happy for you. Oh, I, thank I, you. I know that there isn't anything like wrong with you and your brother and your relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Other than the shit you make up in your head. But the fact that he and his family all came out and, so the stuff that you talk about is far. My brother's Tony Soprano. He's just like Tony Soprano. Yeah, and my I'll brother be- is Tony Soprano. Yeah, <laughs> that's still not a lot. Tony Soprano would do this if, like, uh, you know, the the Maltesanto kid was a faggot. Then he would be showing up in the red shirt, you know. But anyway, Christopher. 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 So uh, anyway, the point I'm making is this: I wanted this pumpkin. They're like, no, because they only had the special faggot foods for the weekend. And they came back. So, but we're going. So here's the deal. I told you about the John Paul. So my friend John Paul works uh, for the Disney Corporation, and executives right. get this special thing where they can make reservations for a special seat at Fantasmic, special seat at the Fireworks, and I think special okay. seat at World of Color. So he's leaving, so he's trying to get all that in. Okay. John Paul and I have already done the Fantasmic one. Okay. Now we're going to do the Fireworks in a couple of weeks. So we'll get this pumpkin spice thing. That, but that's not what. So... I also, I'm not a big merch person, but anything that's cute, that's special time of year or something. The only Halloween merch I wanted this year, I got it. And they had, where is it? Oh, it's right here. Is this Turvis-like tumbler. It's not a Turvis tumbler, but it's the skeletons. Oh, cute. Very cute. By the way, when are you going to Disney World next? 
Um, we will probably be going in the coming weeks, uh, once it slightly cools down mm-hmm. for food and wine. Food and wine mm-hmm. goes from, it goes now from like July 4th through, uh, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But we always go, we always take like a day off during the week. And we've been trying to like save up a little bit of money for the cruise. Mm-hmm. And we also know that when we go to food and wine, you know, we're big boys. So we like yeah. to, we, we, we get our, we get our food on. We don't get the wine on, but we get the food on. But do they That's have not that true. Special... I'm usually, uh, I'm usually whining by the end of the day. They have that special pass though, right? You can buy, right? No. Oh. At the California no. Adventure, for Adventure Finding, they have this like pass you can, it's not a pass. It's like a weird giant, plastic thing right and it has little um tabs on it okay plastic tabs okay and you pay like 80 bucks i think if you're a pass holder it's like 60 bucks okay and Uh then it has like i don't remember how many of these tabs and then you can just go it comes up to you save about 20 bucks and you tear up one of the tabs you hand it for the food item okay so okay. it's it's almost like a prepay thing. It's like a prepay thing, but you end up saving some money. Like, I th- yeah, we don't have that. We don't mm. have anything like that down by us. Um, the closest thing we have, to, actually, no, it's not even that. They sell the they sell the little plates, like the little plastic clear plates that has a mm. has a thing where you can sit your plastic wine glass, like where you can like kind of oh, dangle what it. Is that? Yeah, uh, yeah, that that's that. that, but. We've bought those in the past and then never used them. I am sure they are in a drawer someplace in this house. Did you see that TikTok I sent you about the person who like who's from Disney World who goes to Disneyland? Yes. When did you when did know. you send there that? There were a to lot me? of things I was like, oh, we don't have that. We don't like we don't have magic band. I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you. But I think they're thinking about bringing it to Disneyland. But I don't know what it is. And um they, the girl Megan the like, Magical Millennial? Yeah. Oh, I did see... I did... Did I see this? You I probably feel watched like I a did. little bit of it and you're like, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's that I was trying to set up TikTok on my phone. It's oh, thing. she does I'm like old. a pretty balanced, like, oh, Disney World's better at this, but Disneyland, oh, Disneyland, blah, 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 blah. You know what's so funny is she mentioned this, and I watched a YouTube video about this recently. Notice we've not brought up Drag Race one time. Is. I actually have thought lots of notes about the finale. Oh, you so, do? But oh, okay. I have, I have a I have a fair amount of notes. No, fin- finish your thought, and then we can and then we can go on. She she basically goes to get equal balance. But one of the things I found this really surprising. I watched a YouTube video about it, and I watched she me- she mentions it. I don't know. I don't. I still. I watched the YouTube video. I still don't get what the big deal is. But that Disneyland's Pirates is better than Disney World's Pirates. Pi- I'm sorry, Pirates. <laughs> But they do explain why, actually, in the video, and it makes a lot of sense. So essentially, the history is Mark Davis, the guy, the Imagineer in charge of Pirates, was also an Imagineer at Disney World at the time. And mm-hmm. he was going to design this huge, giant, insane ride attraction at Disney World that was going to use a lot of the Pirates concepts. They weren't going to bring Pirates over there. Okay? Okay. But then people started to bitch and complain about... That there was no pirates there. So the Imagineers got together and made like a simpler version of pirates so people would be happy while they built this other thing that never landed up getting built. So that explains why a lot of sort of like key scenes at our pirates aren't in yours because they were going to use them in this like river run something or like the big rest river run or something. 
I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Which it doesn't make sense, though, because it's Pirates of the Caribbean, and we're closer to the Caribbean than you are. So Bro, I don't. What, what, who am I? To, to, to <laughs> Walt Disney? I don't know. I was just. I've never understood it because our Pirates is a really long ride. It's like over fifteen minutes. And I think yours uh, is shorter. Ours is maybe six or seven minutes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. One uh, day I will come out and you can take me on Pirates of the of the Caribbean at Disneyland. And I can look at your small castle. Yes, the castle is small. We don't have magic band. Uh, there's, oh, you know what's another thing that they, the girl mentioned and I thought that was super interesting? We still have not gotten to Drag Race. <laughs> is... And I thought this was really weird. I think it ha- we have it, I think, out of necessity because everything is shoved into the park. Uh-huh. But one of the most amazing things about Disneyland, and I always assumed you guys had it too, is this thing that they do with theming in terms of transitions. Okay? And yeah. that she was saying that they don't really do that at Disney World. So that, like, Galaxy's Edge just sort of plopped into Hollywood Studios. Okay? But mm, okay, yeah, I, I don't. I don't never that, seen but... it. I've never seen. You'll see it in this TikTok, right? But at uh-huh. Disneyland, it's like it slowly converts from Frontierland into Galaxy's Edge, and then when you leave on the other side of Galaxy's Edge, it slowly converts theming wise into Fantasyland. It's slightly more abrupt than, like, say, at Disney World. The thing that I got Babalu a book years ago about the history of Disney World and behind the scenes stuff. And the thing that I always remember is that the, um, the streetlights from Main Street slowly change. They modify just a little bit as you go f- closer to the castle. Mm-hmm. So they become more of that like fairy tale type thing. And as they mm-hmm. go out, but th- but they modify them just enough that you don't even realize it. And then you look up and suddenly it's a completely, you're looking at completely different, you're in a different world. I guess you'll be so, able to tell us when with, you're there. Yeah, what? I guess you'll be able to tell us when you're there. When you someday finally come out to California. Well, there's been there's been things such as COVID, COVID and cancer are my are mm-hmm. my two reasons that which I is also been the name yet. of my new failed buddy cop pilot that um, <laughs> COVID and cancer. Uh, one was like messy, and the other one was like neat and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. really weird. Was one All named right. Felix and the other's named Oscar? Uh huh. Didn't want to tell mm-hmm. you that, but uh, I guess you've seen it. This week, the Queens walked the runway one final time and spilled the behind the scenes tea on the season. Latrice Royale is named the winner. No, she's not. She's named Miss Congeniality. And Sharon <laughs> Needles is crowned the winner of season four and America's Next Drag Superstar. Taylor the Latte Boy, he a famed fortune in Hollywood, uh, but Florida, though. Name two things like about the episode and one thing uh, you did not. I oddly enjoyed this finale. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, okay, I didn't, I didn't. Okay. I think just because we've gotten used to that bloated 90-minute finale that we have or two hour finale that we have now mm-hmm. uh, the idea that this was like in and out in 42 minutes was lovely mm-hmm. <laughs> and it seemed to go pretty quickly um the one thing i said was the right winner won i mean i think just from the beginning you pretty much knew that sharon was gonna win and that made mm-hmm. sense there wasn't any real outcry to it mm-hmm. um and the thing the other thing that i really liked was the ease and comfort that rue seemed to have with the contestants like there wasn't this 
she wasn't the we talked about this before that she's a very different person in the early seasons than she is at the end but i think that this really personifies it in which she seemed to be having a good time Mm-hmm. She seemed to be having fun with them. She seemed lighter. She seemed just to be enjoying the experience more than she has definitely in the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that regard, I definitely enjoyed it. The thing that I did not like, and this is something that I had to get to this point now versus having watched this in 2012 is – Now that we know so much of the stuff, the behind the scenes stuff, Mm -hmm. particularly with Willem and Fifi, those scenes are, those scenes are harder to watch than they were, you know, you were kind of like, you were, you were gunning for blood with Fifi. And even with Willem, you just kind of were like, oh, well, that makes sense. And since we've learned a lot of shit, especially about the editing and the character manipulation, it, 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 the Fifi stuff really kind of bothered me to watch. But wait, hold on, hold on. Yes, don't then the casual racism and all that stuff. But I don't, I don't listen to this race chaser. So anything you might remember from there, behind the scenes, this or behind the scenes, that I, you might as well tell me because I don't, I don't know. Okay, you mean as far as why she actually left? Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because I don't remember. I know, I know that she's the, since changed it, right? Well, the story that she says on Race Chaser is that she had a commitment to perform in a musical off Broadway. I think it was like Jersey Shore the musical or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And she knew that she had to be out by a certain date. She had to be off, she had to be eliminated from Drag Race by a certain date. And it wasn't happening for whatever reason. So she decided to start just basically breaking rules and made herself a pain in the ass. So that is why they got rid of her. So in her mind, or the way that she describes it, is she basically was asking to be, but she wasn't going to quit. So she just made it difficult for them. Plus, she was, she was a, um, she was concerned about some of like the safety stuff on set and that, you know, they weren't really feeding the girls and all that kind of stuff. Do so you believe I this? Assume, I believe it to a degree. Ultimately, that is what she says. I mean, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily make her look like she's in a good light. Mm-hmm. Um, so regardless, yet given what we know now that Rue and Willem hate each other mm-hmm. that it is it just some just some of the way that they were talking to each other and stuff seemed very relaxed and very kind of well that's not true Rue seemed very relaxed there were times when Willem was saying things that Willem looked like she didn't believe the story that she was telling yeah where she lo- she looked uncomfortable a couple of times so then that might be me just really reading into it. I think I, a, I don't know. I don't believe a lot of what Willem said. If I'm being honest. Well, okay. Even that aside, mm-hmm. the Fifi stuff is we, that we could do a whole lot. Did she on say that. like what did she say about the Fifi stuff on the Race Chaser? Oh, she said that her and Fifi didn't necessarily get along. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm talking more the Fifi stuff as far as when Fifi was sitting there on that. Oh. Um, on that stool and just kind of getting pummeled oh, with, yeah. like, not nice. Where she she looked, she, she she looked like it was really rough, which I think it would be for anybody. Well, let's go but through. Th- it. That's the type of stuff. Yeah, that's the type of stuff that I'm talking yeah. about. What about you? What are the two things you liked and the one thing you did? I not? did it was short. 
I'll say it again. I also think it's probably one of the cleverest looks ever is Sharon coming out in a Party City costume for the opening. Mm. And the thing I didn't like is, you know, this. I know everyone complains about the lip sync for the crown. I think that this old school style of finale is so fucking boring. I thought the finale was so boring. I was so bored by the whole thing. Thank you. What was the first year? Was that season six was the season first one you went to? my first one, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was trying to remember if I, for some reason, I thought it was season six, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, season six. All right. The queens of season four walk the runway before Rue drops in via satellite from the set of his new movie, but the video cuts out and it's revealed Rue is actually there in person. Uh, next, Rue sits down with Elisa Summers, LaShawn Beyond, the princess, and Madame LaQueer. Elisa shades Jiggly for her lip syncing and sneakers. LaShawn regrets being shy. The princess wishes America had seen more of her. And Madame LaQueer shares about being picked last on the basketball team, but still being maid of honor? I think she meant MVP. Then the first four try out their hand at the reading challenge, even though only Madame LaQueer read. Right. Uh, Taylor, right. your thoughts on everything opening, everything first four out? Well, I completely forgot about some of the girls when they came out. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, she was on this season. Well, you um, know. Which I feel happens to me every year. We took a long break and we started this over a year ago. No, did we? We started like September 12th or something, 2021. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Um, I liked that everybody was wearing black except for the three uh the three finalists except mm-hmm. Dita had on black and animal print which i thought was interesting and um everybody seemed to have like alicia alisa whatever had like crazy colors in her hair but for the most part everybody else had on black so i want i'm wondering if that was a editorial decision mm-hmm. on the producers parts um I thought Jiggly looked the best Jiggly has ever looked on any season of this show. Mm-hmm. I thought she looked amazing. Um, the standing O, the standing ovation for Latrice was awesome to see. And it's clear that we saw um, less applause for Fifi, but they foleyed in applause for her because oh. as she's walking down the runway, you see her do like the come on, come on, like sort of thing. Oh, she Like does? where she was holding her ear up. Yeah, she does it like a, and then she kind of does like a, all right, whatever sort of thing. Like nobody's really clapping for her. And I know that you said, didn't you say on one of the the finales you went to, like it was clear, like everybody stopped clapping for somebody? Oh, yeah, it was. First of all, everyone that I've been to, there's waves. And obviously the popular ones get a lot of applause. Uh, But the only one that I've actually seen where it was like, not cricket, but definite we're not applauding for this person was um who's the one that you were in love with alexis michelle oh yeah okay i wasn't in love with her i just oh, thought she was oh my god you were so thirsty for this alexis michelle i really wasn't i really wasn't but i think um, because taffy's <laughs> listening um i can't believe she's still listening I think she's. She done. may not be. I don't yeah. know. She may have just. She might have done that, taken a picture, and sent it to me to prove yeah. that she. Oh, you know what? I was there. You talked about Disney cruises for a minute. The second you started talking about the finale, click, turn it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if if she is still here, I will get a text message um, in momentarily saying yeah. I'm still. I think listening. there's a delay. Yeah, I think there's a delay. But anyway, yeah. uh, she's. She, you just don't want her to. Now that you know she's not listening, 
Go ahead and say your real opinion, Alexis Michelle. I thought Alexis Michelle was cute as a boy. I, I did. I was not in love with Alexis Michelle. I don't know that there's ever been anybody that I have been in love with that I have. I, I, there are ones that I think are cute, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I've ever been like completely a smitten kitten for mm-hmm. any of the drag race girls. Mm-hmm. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Uh, any other thoughts on the first four out or anything like that? Such a small theater compared to what we're used to. That theater was tiny. Yeah. It's really, really tiny. I've actually been there for a gay men's chorus event, but I can't remember where it was. Hmm. I think, I don't remember where it is. Where is the El Portal Theater? Can someone put in the Discord where the El Portal is? I've actually been, I, I do remember distinctly being there and looking, going, oh, this is where they did the season four finale and it was for a, a, a gay men's choir event but uh, or men alive mm-hmm. or something like that uh if someone could put in the chat room men alive is that the name of the los angeles gay men's chorus no there's the los angeles gay men's chorus and then there's another one called men alive um <laughs> that's such a late 70s early 80s name for it for it it's it's like is it like a chorus or yeah. is it just like a group of yeah and just and is everyone in there like in their you know mid to late 50s yeah they're always bald and they're always balding yeah. with 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 handlebar. There's always yeah. at least one with handlebar mustaches yeah. and a and a grommet like a, yeah. a bull, yeah. a bull thing at his nose. And but, but he's in a tuxedo, like, and their eyes get really big when they sing. You know, and they're like, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> and at some point, they sing over the rainbow. Like even if it's yeah. the Christmas concert, yeah, they sing they, the over the rainbow. But they add jingle bells in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's when they get crazy. They'll, they'll do a bunch of serious songs. They'll do a bunch of serious songs. And then to, at the, for the encore, they'll sing like, Dancing Queen, you know, feel the beat <laughs> of a tambourine. You know, like. And the one who is considered to be the hottest of all the members, eventually they make him come out in like a pair of Santa pants and a harness. Well, there's and like a Santa a, hat. There's always a few twinks that they somehow keep around that they right. bring out for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's always the one where they make them sing the solo and I yeah. saw daddy kissing Santa yeah. Claus or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those from the nineties. I went to a couple of those yeah. back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, for next, we have Milan Jiggly Diddy Ritz, Dita, Dita Ritz and Kenya Michaels. They're up next up to chat with Rue. Milan acknowledges her wig flipping was divisive. Jiggly's taking sewing lessons. Dita's family was brought together by drag race and Charro is brought out to translate Kenya's comments. Thoughts on those second four. Oh, I didn't even talk about the first four. Oh, I, I, I had thoughts about the first comments. four. I, I'm sorry, we got we got talking about gay men's chorus stuff, and I, I got distracted. Okay. Um, one thing I always forget about is this Billy B, who uh, I can't stand. The worst. He's the worst. Um, and I have a side note mm-hmm. to something. Mm-hmm. So you and I used to be big fans of this uh, of this Bon Appetit. Yeah. We used to talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So there is a channel on my like Samsung where they have all of these different things and uh, where they just show Bon Appetit videos, the old ones and the new ones with okay. people. The new ones I don't like. The new ones I don't like either. However, it is the channel that our PlayStation is attached to. So when you turn off the PlayStation, it automatically goes to this channel. Mm-hmm. So Santino like opened a restaurant with a couple of friends 
Or he's Rice? like the manager of Santino Rice. Yeah. Like all of a sudden I'm like, ah, because he yeah, as scary as he was 10 years ago, he's even scarier looking now. And he and like a couple of other weird, smelly hippie people all open some like vegan Korean restaurant or something. It's, it's in, in LA. Weird. I watched. No, in New, I, th- I think in New York. Oh, good. I'm glad you're not in LA. So, but it was, I, I watched it for about a minute and a half. I was like, what the fuck is this? And then mm-hmm. I just turned off the TV. But uh-huh. I, I wanted to write that down when I saw him. So getting back to the show, mm-hmm. um, I don't get why the first four thought they could try to throw as much shade as they did, considering they were the first four out. I know. Like some of the things that they that said. Anymore. We don't see that anymore. Yeah. I miss it. It, it was, it was, <laughs> it, it, but it just seemed like. Like the princess saying, you know, she wasn't impressed with anybody who left, anybody who was left after she left was like, "Mm, but you went home third. So whatever. And I, the, the reading challenge with Madame Laqueer Mm -hmm. was, it was just mean. (laughs) Like it wasn't like talking about Jigger's teeth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but is that the thing that I wrote was, is that really kind of what reading is? Reading is supposed to, is it more about the humor or is it more about the, the, the jab with the knife? Like you have to find that, you have to find that sweet spot. Well, I think if it's but, funny, then, then it's not, I think it's only mean if it's not funny. So if it's funny, then you kind of forgive how mean it is. And so if it wasn't funny, then you're going to be like, Oh, that's really mean. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. And what I wrote was it was mean and not funny. Mm hmm. But I also, like, she was the only one who got to do a reading thing. So if that was the best one of the four, can you imagine what the other three oh, said? I was just talking about this the other day. Did you hear that? Did you see that this Heidi in Closet said that they actually did film a reading challenge for season mm-hmm. 12? I'm like, mm-hmm. God, the ones that they show aren't good. So imagine how bad <laughs> the ones that, that well, didn't make it. I, but I also said that they did, when they did that thing of where they had to do the, promote the, the birth birch box or whatever it mm-hmm. is. That kind of to me was the reading challenge for that season. It was something slightly different mm-hmm. because, and that was funnier in that they were doing those like underhanded insults to each other, mm-hmm. those like, you know, backhanded compliments that I thought was funnier than if they tried to do the whole Jackie Cox yeah. you know, sort of thing or Heidi in closet. Mm-hmm. Widow Von Du. Those are the me, only three that I remember for that season. <laughs> didn't you feel, I believe it was this first four. That there was, yeah, it was during the Milan conversation. Was Milan's first four? Or she the next four? No, Milan oh, was okay. the second four. Never mind, I'll come back to when we talk to that. Did you get all your first four comments out? Yes, yes. Okay. I did. So going to the next four, I feel what they were saying about Milan and then like, oh, she's giving boys. She's doing, I'm like, oh, you could never say that shit now. I mean, it was yeah. really messy what Milan was doing. That's not, I mean, yes. you see it again, you're like, oh. For God, she's always taking her fucking wig and clothes off. But, yeah. um, but the way they were like sort of reading, like, it's, it's weird because it's only been 10 years. I mean, 10 years is a long time, but how much we've changed in 10 years in terms of language and what's appropriate is so bizarre. Well, but think about it. In the next season is the children's show challenge where they read Alaska for filth for doing what they called boy drag. Yeah. You know, yeah, this, this is, this is another example of that in which they weren't, they weren't moving as quickly as the trends were in drag. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's, it, it's very apparent in, in that particular section. Uh, the only thing that I have about that next segment was 
the Charo thing. Okay, let's which talk about it. I just wrote, is this racist? <laughs> the racism was very casual, especially when it came to Kenya Michaels, how she couldn't talk and she making fun of her for the language and whatnot. It was, yes, it's very, very strange. You could, they would not do that now, couldn't get away with it now. It was very, very strange. What are your thoughts on this Charo? You know, I was talking to somebody about it. They didn't know why Charo was famous. I actually never got around to telling them why. But did you know that she's like, a world-class Spanish guitar player? Yes. Yeah, and I think yes. a lot of people don't know that. So for the children listening, if you even know who Charo is, you just saw see her as this wacky, crazy Spanish lady who shows up on game shows and jiggles her titties and shakes her ass. <laughs> but it it's weird because I think she's sort of done it and screams and says coochie coochie. But yeah. she sort of has done a disservice to herself because people don't realize that the reason she initially became famous and what she's not, she's actually a very, very respected professional musician. Yeah. Um, thank you. What are your thoughts on Charo? I think she's awesome. I think there's something about her that is, I mean, she, she definitely takes you back to a time where she was always on love boat. Mm-hmm. Like that was at least once a season, they brought her on to do like the coochie coochie dance and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Or she was on, she was always on a, a variety, like you said, of game shows and variety shows in the seventies and early eighties. And, uh, but she looks great and she's still, she can still kick it and coochie coochie. And, I did know that she was a very famous guitarist, um, a world, uh, like you said, a critically um, respected and beloved Spanish guitarist. And I, I'm, I'm glad that she's still with us because she was she was on a couple of seasons later where she did the Ross where they did like the uh, American Idol thing. Mm-hmm. And she was one oh, of she was one yeah. of the judges. Let's see how old she is. She's got to be in her 70s. Oh, she's younger than I thought. I would have told you like 85. No, she's not that old. Let me, let me guess. Is she like 73? She's 71. Six years ago. Oh, you think, oh, you think there's a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they occasionally shave a little off. Yeah. I think you're right. Cause that means she's only a year older than my dad. Well, I don't know. I don't know. She looks, she, I mean, that was 10 years ago and she looked 71. I would say normally I would say like look on Spotify and play a little Charo song, but beings were on YouTube tonight. I don't know that you could get away well, with that. Well, no, with this new Riverside setup, that's why you were hearing an echo earlier. I can't run my. I have to figure a new system out. That's why I was telling you for this Riverside thing. Because everybody the, that has Spotify or Apple Music, go and go and listen to a Charo song. Mm-hmm. All right, have you said everything you want to say about the next top four? Yes. Okay. Now we have Willem and Latrice. After not walking the runway in the beginning of the of the hour, Willem is dragged on stage by the pit crew. It's finally revealed that Willem was eliminated for hosting his husband in his hotel room while filming the show. Latrice joins and tells Rue she's so thankful for the fan support she's received. She hopes people learn it's okay to make mistakes, get back up before sharing a letter from a fan. All right. Your thoughts on everything from Willem and Latrice. Well, the Willem thing I already really kind of talked about. Uh, it just that there were times that it felt sort of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of felt like they were both sort of wrestling with the narrative to me. Mm-hmm. Like where, where it, 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 Willem 
it, it felt scripted mm-hmm. to me in a way yes. that that I don't know that she would have normally said it that way. Like with, like when she's talked about it on the show, it seems much more off the cuff on mm-hmm. Race Chaser. Mm-hmm. But I, and and in that regards, like where she almost says it and then like pauses, waiting for the response. Like it almost, I I can't imagine it was rehearsed because I can't imagine Rue rehearsing anything like that. But uh, but it could have been rehearsed with a producer. It does feel like it was prepared. Like you were going to say this, and then she's going to say that, and you're going to say this, and she's going to say that. Right, right. Um, Latrice seemed to get the most airtime. Mm-hmm. I thought, uh, and seemed very relaxed. And we've talked we've talked in previous All Star seasons of how. Latrice is a great what is it that you say? She's a great contestant who's not good at the game. She's a great queen she's a who's great not a great race. She's not good at, at she's not good at drag. She's a great drag queen, but she's not good at drag race. Right. And I think that this she definitely was, you know, beloved this season, and mm-hmm. you saw that with the with the roaring applause and everything that she got. But I wonder if that like you know, she almost should have finished when she was ahead, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Just because we've seen like she's not as beloved, having been on yeah. uh, All Stars one yes. and All Stars five. I feel she even still got a pass with All Stars one because people blamed. Uh, who was she with? Manila. Manila. Yeah, but All Stars, whatever All Stars she was on, I think it was three or four, four maybe, uh, four or five. Yeah, eight. Anyway, uh, she, um, she lost, I think that like people are like, oh wait, she's just not good. You know, we love her, but she's not really good at this. Yeah. 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 Uh, but she, yeah, she was, but she's great in these kind of situations. So I think she did well in the finale and she carried the goodwill forward and whatnot. All right. Yes. Uh, Rue sits down for a final chat with the top three. Sharon, Fifi, and Chad discuss their ongoing tension before Jiggly and Willem confront Fifi for being fake. Rue takes a quick break from the top three to crown Latrice Royale, Miss Congeniality, Taylor the Latte Boy. Any thoughts there? I felt like this was, again, this was one of the things that I didn't like, mm-hmm. was this is really the first time that it felt like Again, knowing what we know now about the show, mm-hmm. that they there was no way that they weren't going to continue this character, this villain character arc for Fifi through this. Like the editing and stuff was just such to where she 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 looked trapped sitting sitting on that stool, mm-hmm. and the fact that basically she had where you know all the girls like do you all have anything you want to say to her kind yeah. of thing and just, ambushed. Th- she she was if, if ambushed. Yeah, she felt very very ambushed. And to sit there with, like, uh, at one point, like thinking, like you know, her mom is sitting in the audience, and what is that like? Yeah. Knowing that your mom is sitting there, and that and like Rue wasn't doing anything to. She she kind of made a comment at the end uh, that was talking about like you know fighting fighting for what you want and everything, but it just felt very dismissive, and. I, I what I wrote was um, the whole interaction between her and Jiggly, where Jiggly was crying, crying, and you could hear a pin drop mm-hmm. in the in the theater. I was like, well, this is why they don't do reunions live anymore. Yeah, because they, they they God knows what we didn't see as far as being you know out of control and 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 comments that things were made and stuff mm-hmm. that it just didn't. It was just not. It it was very it, it was it was cringe. You know, I was talking to some young people and they said cringy. 
And I said, oh. yeah. And I said, so oh, it no. came back all the way around. Yeah. And I said, <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Somebody told me that young people, and people were much younger than the person who told me this, that Luke Stamen. They said, that person's cringy for saying that. And I went, I love that. <laughs> I love, I love that you just said that. Hmm. Anyway, um, do you have any thoughts on no, that? No, I just thought it was all boring. I'm being honest with you. I literally wrote all my notes, and there was like three notes, and they were all about that first. It was like, oh, this is, uh, uh, you know, let me see here. Like, oh, awkward with Milan. I thought the whole conversation was awkward. The casual racism. I already deleted the other ones I said. Um, so, yeah. I think this is the Joe interviews Taylor about the finale show from here on out. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on the top three, Tate of the Latte Boy? Um, well, I mean, Latrice made sense for Miss Congeniality. Yeah. That, that in the middle of I mean, that. Who else could it have I, been? D- I know. There really isn't anybody else that it could even have been. Even if they of the did ones it now, even if they did it now with the, with the cast folks, like the way they do it now, I think it still would have been Latrice. I agree with that yeah. 100%. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Um, when Rue said to Chad, you are a class act. Mm-hmm. That was her code for saying, you're not winning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think Chad should have picked up. Chad seemed a little too polished. Let me, you know, I think... Uh, our, that wig didn't seem polished. No. I think... Talk, talk about Party City. I think uh, our producer, Zach, broke up the segment into two parts. Let me get to this other part, too. Okay. Uh, back with the top three, Chad is ready to take the crown and introduces Rue to his partner, Adam. Sharon says winning would show you don't have to fit into a certain mold to be successful before, before shouting out her mother in Alaska. And Fifi O'Hara wants to be the strength for children in abusive situations. And her mom says the judges were right for saying that Fifi wears too much makeup. Okay, now continue on. I think we were covering that stuff. I think it was I didn't really it was kind of. Yeah, yeah it was, it's sort of all over the place. Um, I feel like with Sharon, we're seeing... I mean, this isn't this isn't some big revelation or insight, but we're seeing the beginning of mainstream, like the Dragula type thing. Mm-hmm. That I don't know that Dragula would have been such so successful had it not been for Sharon, kind of slowly oh. introducing. That doesn't mean that the Boulay brothers aren't incredible and that they wouldn't have had a show eventually. But I think at this point, had it not been for Sharon we wouldn't have even known the mainstream world wouldn't have even known that that type of drag really existed and could thrive. Sharon's going to fucking, I mean, the Boulay brothers are going to find you. You're going to be the opening of one of the episodes pretty soon when they kill you. <laughs> I would love to be one of the opening of one of their episodes. Yeah, but they'll really kill you. That would you. be great. Uh, <laughs> any other thoughts before we get to the crowning? And by crowning, I mean, you're going to bend over and pull your pants down. <laughs> um, I thought that it was weird when they asked the judges what they thought. Michelle's the only one who was allowed to say anything. Well, and it seems they... like Billy and, and Santino did say something because then they said, and one more thing, Rue. Like, oh, there was, there was a lot before that. Oh, okay. Maybe that's they were yeah. just shaving off time. But it again, they're both gross. Um, I didn't get the phrase, you're the air beneath my feet. But there's no air I know it's supposed feet, to be yeah. something like or the wind beneath my wings. I thought that was kind of a play on that, but I didn't get how that was fun. Like everybody thought it was funnier than yeah, well, it, wasn't it that was. Funny. Yeah. No, well, I know that. Um, I, I thought that when Sharon won, mm-hmm. 
I noticed that they kind of continued the villain edit because they showed for a long time Sharon hugging Chad and Fifi like try- I tried to hug you Fifi mm-hmm. <laughs> trying trying to hug her and like just kind of standing off to the side with her hands on Sharon's like waist or hips mm-hmm. and I just thought that was just another little like dig like it would have been how nice would it have been to show especially because they show at one point when Fifi is upset Sharon putting her hand on her leg when yeah. they're all being interviewed mm-hmm. to show the two of them hugging at the end and Fifi being genuinely happy for Sharon mm-hmm. or at least you know <laughs> showing that mm-hmm. and then having it where it just felt it just felt like another dig at somebody who we've since realized is a talented talented queen who just doesn't always make great decisions by the way i have a recording of uh after Ru- i don't have the joke but i have after rupaul said you're the air beneath my feet <laughs> people didn't and that's because we were saying it wasn't that funny but detox happened to be in the audience and she was really yeah funny. which is weird well she was on the next season uh, all yeah, right, the true. time has come to crown a champion. The winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4 and America's Next Drag Superstar is Sharon Needle. Sharon walks the runway as a winner and wishes everyone happy Halloween. Taylor Latte Boy, any final thoughts on the episode? Any thoughts you didn't get out? You took way more notes than I could have ever, ever imagined taking for this like very run-of-the-mill well, it's, finale. It's my, la- it's my last time doing it for a while, so I wanted to go out with a bang. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's right. You know what? To be honest with you, mm-hmm. this is my last time doing it for a while, too. Oh. This is officially my last drag race. I know people are going to be hearing this in all sorts of ways. We're recording this in like mid-September uh, 2022. This is my last one, I think, for the rest of 2022. The la- I didn't realize. No I- shit, really? Yeah. I mean, I have Dragula, but yeah, because I'm not doing UK. Oh, well, then I'm honored that I get that I get to be. We started the year together, and now we're finishing the year together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone needs to watch the YouTube video to see why Taylor left. <laughs> on that one. All right, well, that's going to do it for this season of RuPaul. Oh yeah, it's going to do it for this season of RuPaul's Drag Race recap. You should have. Join us for other seasons as we continue to discuss and dissect or whatever it is, each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. But for season four and Taylor the Latte Boy and myself, sashay away until next week. Thank you for listening to RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Have something to say? Email us at dragracerecap at afterthought.media. You can also leave us a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash afterthoughtmedia. Follow us on Twitter at dragracerecap. For more access to LGBTQ content, support us over at Patreon at patreon.com slash afterthoughtmedia. You can follow Taylor the Latte Boy on Twitter and Instagram at Taylor. Follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. This episode was produced by Zach Birch. Drag Race Recap is an Afterthought Media podcast.